Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand that finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, a qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Well, today we're going to continue our discussion that we've been talking about for the month of October, and it's that question of, so I want to retire, but how? Well, we wanna talk how to successfully walk into retirement. And I know we cannot guarantee that each person will successfully get there, but there are some rules, some steps that you can take questions you can ask that can help you get there. So let's do a quick review of what we talked about last week so you know that you can check that box off and then we'll begin covering new information this week so that you are prepared, that you can position yourself to enjoy retirement. Because isn't that what we all are working for? We want to get to that place where we say, you know what, I'm not getting up at 5 a.m., going to the gym and running and then heading to work. We're going to sleep in, maybe have a late breakfast, cup of coffee, and watch the birds. Who's done that? It just seems like our life is so busy. But let's talk about what are the steps. You know, as I think about retirement, I talk to a lot of millennials that are coming into my office, and they are not amused, and they are not stuck to, hey, I have to wait to age 67 before I retire. No way. They're saying, Crystal, how can I retire by age 50, by age 55? And guys, they are positioning themselves to do it. I have a lot of individuals that sit down with me, and they'll say, Crystal, I feel guilty. I'm 55 years old and I'm getting to retire. Should I keep working because everyone else is? No. If you've done the proper planning, then you can retire when cash flow allows you to, again, if you've done proper planning. And that was point number one of last week, which was, hey, retirement isn't about the age. Retirement it's about your cash flow. And if you've gone through the steps, if you've answered the questions that we're covering here during the month of October, and you can confidently say, yes, check the box on each one, well, then you may be ready to step into retirement. So the first one is don't feel defined by an age to say when you're going to retire. What you want to do is you want to look at what your cash flow allows. And we spent time last week, and I'm not going back there today, but we spent time last week talking about, hey, like it or not, want it or not, you need to make sure you have a budget. Because how can you retire if you're not sure of the amount you're going to need to be drawing every month to live on? So if you're not sure how to do that, one of the things I would say is, hey, Go to the YouTube channel if you're listening by radio and listen and watch what are the steps to do. You can find it on the crystalclearfinances.com website. You can go to Podbean and listen to our podcast there. Watch it on the YouTube channel. There are ways you can tap into and get this information. But for today, what I want to do is I want to focus on, okay, well then what are the steps? First one, we said not limiting yourself to an age. Your understanding is about cash flow. Second thing you're doing is, depending what, to find out, if I can talk today, that'd be great. Find out what your cash flow needs are. And here's where we're gonna focus today. Today we're gonna focus on when you're preparing for retirement, 
you need to be able to identify what are the resources you have, how much of those resources you can keep, because remember, the government usually gets to keep some of that. You can't just look at your statement and say, oh, I got a million dollars on my statement, and then figure out how many years you think you're going to live and say, I'll be fine. Oh, please don't do that. Because remember, if you're looking at a statement and it's a qualified plan, and we'll jump into more detail in a moment, and you're looking at that and thinking you get to keep all that, you don't. Usually you don't, not with an IRA or 401k. So let's talk about it. One of the first things you're going to ask when you're looking for your resources, you're going to say, well, do I have a 403b? Some of you are very familiar what a 403B is, but for those of you who aren't, that probably means you don't have one, but just in case, a 403B is what's offered to you through a nonprofit organization. So who's nonprofit? Well, that would be your hospitals, though sometimes it seems like they make up big profit. We won't even go on that pedestal, right? So we have the hospitals, we have museums, we have schools, teachers have 403Bs or 403B annuities. So it's any organization, museums, different things where people, it's scheduled to be not-for-profit. How does a 403B work? Well, a 403B is just like a 401K. It's a way where you can tell your employer and you usually have to sign a form that says take X amount of dollars out of my paycheck and put it into my retirement plan, my 403B retirement plan. And then you usually work with someone in the HR department who has set up this plan and they help you pick what funds you're going to put inside it. And then every paycheck, the money goes in. Now, a lot of 403Bs won't allow for a loan, but some of them do. So that would be information you would get from your HR department. So the first thing, if you're thinking about retirement, right, we've decided you pick the day where you want to retire, you're looking at your cash flow, you understand what your cash flow needs are, now you're doing an inventory of all of your assets and your investments and your resources, and a 403B would be one you would look at. Now I want to make a little pause here for a moment. When you're thinking about a 403B, a lot of times when you look to see if you have the 403B, and we'll talk in a moment about how we could roll that over, but for pastors, this is the one. Remember, there's a little caveat there, and if you're not careful, you'll just skip right over it. If you're a pastor and you have a 403B, if that 403B has been coded correctly, then you don't have to pay taxes when it comes out as income to you. Yes, you heard me correctly. I know, everything in life seems to be taxed, right? Except for the HSA, if it's for medical, except for a Roth, right? Because that should be tax-free. But a 403B, if you're a pastor and they coded it correctly, could be tax-free to you. That could make a whole bunch of difference when you're looking at it. I've got several pastors right now, and they've just been told because TD Ameritrade, which is a huge custodian that holds all the accounts, they just said, we don't want to do 403B accounts anymore that are accepting new money. Because they got bought out by Charles Schwab and the new administration for them has said, we don't want to do 403Bs and keep track of that money coming in. If it's a 403B that everyone has and they're not adding to it, 
Yeah, we'll leave it alone. But if they want to keep adding to it, get it out of TD Ameritrade. Get it out of Charles Schwab. And they're kicking those accounts out. Well, a lot of times what's happening is the pastors are calling me and saying, well, do you think I should just roll it over into an IRA? That will make them happy and I don't have to worry about it. Well, if you want to pay more taxes, you could. And they say, well, what do you mean by that? What did I say a few moments ago? Remember, there's that little caveat. So if we roll that 403B over into the IRA, now it is 100% taxable. So I would encourage you, if you have a 403B, if you're going through your resource list and you're checking, am I ready for retirement or how close can I be to retiring? And you have a 403B, talk with your financial advisor. Of course, if you don't have one, you can call us at 518-433-7181. We'd love to help you because you need to have an advisor that's aware of how 403Bs can work for pastors. So let's go on to the next area. So you're checking to see if you have a 403B plan. If you don't, one of the areas you can check is, do you have a 401K? Now, a 401K, very similar to the 403B, except for it's for-profit organizations, right? The 403B was your churches, your hospitals, your museums, your libraries. Well, the 401k is pretty much everybody else, anyone that's a for-profit company. Usually you sign something, right? You sign up for your 401k. They take money out of your paycheck. Some of them are 401k Roths now. Some of them are 401k pre-tax. And you tell them how much money you want taken out of your paycheck. And then you put it in there and pick what funds that you want in there. And at retirement, that's what can be rolled over to an IRA. Now, sometimes people say, well, Crystal, why would I want to roll it over into an IRA? I like my company. I'm just going to keep it there. Well, good. First of all, good. I'm glad that you like the company. It's always good to have a place that you enjoy working at. But... There have been many times in the over 20 years that I have been a fiduciary and a certified financial planner that I have seen people come in and say, um, I think I had a 401k at some company for, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I can't find it. And that company either went bankrupt, that company got bought out, and now they don't know where to find that money. So I'm always telling individuals, listen, when you have a 401k plan, think carefully if you're leaving to go someplace else, whether it's you're retiring or you're going to another job, kind of, and this is not a recommendation because I know for compliance purposes, I can't recommend anything on via YouTube, but just Think and consider, should you be leaving it there or kind of taking it with you? Taking your money and putting it in the right place, rolling it over to an IRA. Now, with that being said, you got a 401k. You're looking at that 401k and you're saying, okay, this is wonderful. I got a million dollars here. I'm going to roll it over. Maybe it's not a million. Wherever you are, here's the point I'm going to make. Is no matter what that statement says, you have to figure if it's in a 401k that's a taxable account, a traditional 401k, chances are you're going to have to pay taxes on it. So if it says that you have a million, you probably or you may only have 700,000 that you're going to get to work with. Because when you're growing your 401k or your 403b, if you're not a pastor, if you're growing those, you're not just growing those for your retirement. 
You're growing it for the government too. And that's why they're like, you go, you go. And they want you to put the money in. They're promoting that you put the money in. But the problem is they're blunting you and cheering you on to put that money in. Not because you get to keep it all. They want you to grow it nice and big because they get to have a piece of it. You're growing part of their retirement. So when you're looking at your resources and saying, how much do I have to retire on? It's so important to understand you can't just look at the statement. You have to understand, okay, what part of what I have of my resources is taxable and what part isn't taxable? Because we can use the part that's not taxable, right? But the part that gets taxed, bye-bye, uh, that's going away to the government. Now, so we're going to check, do you have a 403B? Have you ever had a 403B? Where is it? How much is in it? And can you get a hold of it? You're going to check if you have a 401K. The other areas you're going to check are other retirement plans. We call them qualified plans. Why it's picked that way? I don't know. I didn't pick the word. But all I know is that there are qualified and non-qualified accounts. And that's what we need to check. If you have qualified accounts, then pretty much you're probably going to have to pay taxes on them. What are other qualified accounts? Simple, SEP, IRAs. So let me just briefly tell you what those are. So if you've had any of them during your lifetime, you know to go find them and gather them up or at least identify where they're at so that when you're evaluating with you and your financial planner, gee, can I retire? You can have a really good idea if you can or if you can't. So what is an IRA? Pretty standard, an IRA, and I shouldn't say pretty standard, I apologize because some people don't know. So if you don't, I'm excited to be able to share with you what it is. An IRA is an account that the government allows you to put money in that you should be able to deduct on your taxes and you think, oh, aren't they so nice? Yeah, well, when you get to 72, they're going to force you to take the money out of that, and then they're going to tax you on it. So before you go saying how nice they are, Uncle Sam, understand that the IRA can help you, could help you right now lower taxes, but they're just banking taxes will be higher in the future so that when you pull it out, they get their money then, and there's more of it. So that, an IRA, is considered a retirement plan. So is in a Roth, except for the Roth, it's still considered a qualified plan, but that one you don't have to pay taxes on. At least you shouldn't. The other two areas are many individuals will work for a small company. Now, I love that I'm a small company, even though we manage millions upon millions of dollars. But the team that I have immediately within my office is small. But we're backed up by AlphaStar with their over 150 employees. So I think we're kind of big. But a lot of companies that are smaller, that have the in-house personnel, they can set up something called a SEP or a SIMPLE which is just an easy way for business owners who don't have hundreds of employees to be able to offer a version of a 401k plan. So a SEP is a way where a business owner can say, you know what, I'm gonna give 2% of my employee's salary to them in a retirement plan, and if I have a bad year, well, then I can skip that year. In fact, if I have two bad years, I'm gonna skip, nobody has anything because there was no profit. And then they go back to doing 2% a year. Now, on that type of plan, the employees can't add to it. It's just a gift from the employer. 
We have a lot of business owners that are doing that because they're trying to make a difference in their clients' lives. And not in their clients, but in their employees' lives. Now, a simple, simple's a little bit different. Simple, same type of concept. Employer wants to do something for the employee. And so they can't do a big 401k plan because they don't have hundreds of employees. But they uh, create a way that the employee can actually say, take something out of my paycheck and then they can do a match on it. They can do a 3% match. That way if the employee says, I don't wanna do it, I'm spending all my money on chocolate and fancy shoes, well then the employer, they don't have to do anything. But the employer can still add to their own retirement plan. So it's a great way that if an employee wants to get involved in their retirement, the employer can match. And it's also a great way the employer finally has a way that they can plan for their retirement too. So it's a win-win. So I mentioned all these, 403Bs, 401Ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, Simples, and SEPs, because when you're beginning to evaluate that if you can retire, you need to have, know what resources that you have to work with. You know, when you get in a car and you're gonna go someplace, what's the, you get your GPS, you're not quite sure how to get there, but you know where you wanna get there. You put in the direction where you want to go, right, the location, but then you also have to say, this is my starting point, so that you know what needs to be done in order to get to your destination. Same thing with retiring. And that's one of the steps that we're talking about today. We are talking about identifying your resources so you know if you have enough. Now, I'm gonna take a quick 60 second break, and then when we're back, I wanna talk about non-qualified accounts. So we just talked about qualified, now we need to look at your resources, and now, when we get back, we'll talk about what other resources are there. And we'll be back in just 60 seconds with more Crystal Clear Finances. Do you want to retire and stay retired? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Retiring isn't dependent upon an age. It's based upon what your cash flow will allow and how long it will last. Knowing what you need compared to what you'll receive from Social Security and pensions can show you if your investments can create the cash flow needed to make up the difference. Learning how to properly position your assets now so they can be used as income later during retirement is key. Gain the confidence needed so that you can retire and stay retired. Learn the steps by calling Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you for joining us each and every Saturday morning. I love being able to bring information to you to help you have confidence for every financial decision. Well, today we've been talking about, and in fact, the entire month of October, we're gonna talk about, hey, it's time to retire. Are you ready? <laughs> what do you need to do? Well, there are actual steps. There are questions you can ask yourselves. There are ways you can look at this whole equation and decide, yep, I'm ready to retire and I'm not even 67. Whoop, whoop. That's what we want. We want to make sure you're positioned correctly. So last week we talked about, well, before we start, we need to know how much money you're going to need in retirement. So we talked about budgeting and getting, knowing what that income stream needs to be. Now we're going to look Hey, where do we find that income stream? Where's the investments? What do I have to work with? So before the break, we talked a lot about what is a 403B? Do you have a 401K? 
Do you have a simple, a SEP, an IRA, a Roth IRA? These are all called qualified, right? Qualified investments, qualified retirement plans. I don't know why they named it qualified, but that's their name and there's various ones underneath. So what I thought we'd do for the remaining time is we need to talk about non-qualified accounts because a lot of us have those. Now, what would be a non-qualified account? Well, it's an individual account. Have you ever worked with a financial planner, gone in and said, hey, I've got $5,000 or $50,000 or whatever the amount is and said, I just want to open up an account, but I don't want to have to wait till I'm 59 and a half. I, I don't want to have to wait till I retire to touch it. I might need it before then, so I want to open up something that gives me the opportunity to save and invest, but also the opportunity to pull it out if I need it. Not because you're scared the market's down, but because there's another opportunity that has come that way. Well, in doing that, that's called an individual account, and chances are that's a brokerage account. I mean, many of us have individual accounts when you go to the bank, right? If you have a checking account that has your name on it, if you have a savings account that has your name on it, those are non-qualified accounts that you can access whenever you need to. Now, the same thing works when you're investing. You can have an individual brokerage account that you should be able to touch whenever you need to. Now, here's the, the caveat on that. If you have money, and you put it in an individual account, and let's say you put it in and you bought a stock at $30 a share, and then it went up to $50 a share, and you're like, whoop, whoop, I now have resources, I'm so excited, I'm gonna sell that, and I'm gonna take that money and use it someplace else, or maybe, just maybe, you just wanna be able to cash in while the stock is up. You know, the old adage of buy low and sell high, well, maybe you're doing that. Well, here's the news though, and you gotta watch on this, if you bought it at 30 and sold it at 50, the government says, you made 20 bucks per share? I need to make sure that I get a piece of that and they're gonna charge you capital gains tax. Now that's not as much as ordinary income, but it's still a tax. And so we have to be aware of it. Why? Because if we're calculating for retirement, if we're wanting to make sure we know what resources we have on the table, we have to be aware of what we're having to give up to the government so that we can accurately put a plan together. So if you have an individual account, just understand there's something called the cost basis. Remember I said a moment ago, the $30 a share? That's your cost basis. That's where they start. That's what the government's gonna look for. And then when you sell it, they're gonna say, oh, that's the difference between the cost basis and the sale price. That you need to know because the government is watching you on that and you would be taxed on that, or most likely. Now, can I just add one more thing there? I think it's very interesting when people get super excited and they love to day trade. Oh, I'm gonna buy it this morning, I sold it this afternoon, look at that, I made a dollar a share on each one. When you buy and sell in the same day or in the same year, now you have a short-term capital gains. So that means, yeah, there's gonna be taxes even though you only owned it for a couple hours or less than a year. Understanding the tax consequences of your actions in an individual brokerage account is key. 
because we want to make sure that if you make a profit, by all means, you need to keep that profit, right? That's what we're trying to do to get to the place where you have the resources to retire. So be aware of that. So as you're gathering everything, getting ready for the retirement, we want to make sure if you're looking at that individual account, that you know what is your basis on it. I've had a lot of individuals be so excited. And then when they looked at it, over the course of 20, 30 years, they've had these accounts and it's grown 30, 40%, all that capital gains they're gonna pay taxes on. Now I do have individuals that when they're in that situation and they're saying, Crystal, I can't sell this because the capital gains tax is going to be huge and unfortunately the dividends that I'm now receiving on it are so small because dividends have shrunk. What do I do with this? Well those very same people are really good tithers. They love to give. So that's something where they can take appreciated stock that has grown in their individual account they can donate it to a church, they can donate it to their favorite charity, they get the full write-off on it, and that can offset on their taxes for something else. Or, if we really do calculations, they can figure out how much do they need to donate to the church that they'll get the tax write-off, and how much can they keep and actually sell, and begin to do what we call is a wash. These are all things that are part of the planning, but first, before we even start talking about how to do that planning, we gotta identify what do you even have. So we have the individual. The other uh, type of non-qualified account is a joint account, very similar to the individual, but get this, it's joint, there's two people on it. Two or more people on that, which means they also have the right to get into that account. So I have seen cases, not very pretty cases, where two people have owned it, and you guessed it, one person decides they don't want to be in that relationship anymore. And so they have decided, and they can legally call the office and say, hey, I'm planning a surprise for my spouse. Can you go ahead and we're going to close that account and send me the money? Sure. So we send the money. And then we get a call a month later and says, what happened to the account? Oh, so-and-so called and because you're jointly listed on it, they were able to take the resources. So just be aware when you have a joint account, make it sure that it's with someone that you love or someone that you trust. So a joint account works very similar to the individual in the way that it's taxed. Now who gets taxed on that? who's ever the one the social security number is listed. So if it's Joe Schmo is first and then Sally Schmo is second, Joe Schmo gets the tax bill on it. Even if Sally, is that what I said her name was? Sally Schmo <laughs> goes and spends the money. So we just need to be aware of that. The last one that I want to talk about is the TOD, transfer on death. I have a lot of grandparents, a lot of parents that are getting older that say, listen, I want to make sure that my money passes smoothly to my children. And so I want to make sure that they don't go through all these headaches. So we set up what's called a TOD, means the account is fully in their name, but on death, transfer on death, I already have listed on the account, who is it going to? They come in, they bring me the death certificate, that money just smoothly goes over to them. That again is a non-qualified account and that has its own set of tax parameters. So I'm looking at the clock. I've 
have about two minutes left to talk with you and I want to encourage you. I know we're taking time during the month of October, right? We're going through and saying, yes, we all want to retire, but we've got to do it right. My goal is that if you retire, stay retired. Unless you want to go back to work, I don't want it to be pushed back to work because we didn't calculate correctly. So the first thing is go back and watch last week's program on our YouTube channel and learn how to get everything in place for that budget. Then the second thing is once you know, okay, this is how much cash flow I'm going to need in retirement, then you begin to assess what are my resources? What can I begin to use? Next week when we get together, we're going to talk about identifying the income streams and then putting it all together. And then what do we do when we have to walk in and talk to the employer? Yeah, that's a scary day sometimes, but you can do it when you're ready. And if we'll follow the steps here, I truly believe you can have confidence for that financial decision. So I'm looking at the clock related. Okay, we've got to bring this to a close. Encourage you to give our office a call at 518 433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation. I know my son George V, who we call Five, is available, and you can also schedule a time to meet with me as well. Our goal, as always, is to make sure that you have confidence for every financial decision. Join us again next week. Thank you, and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.